Howdy, Joe. Mitch, thank you for joining us tonight on Unshackled. Uh, Thanks for having me. I've been wanting to get you on for a long time. This is a brand new podcast, and you're my very first guest. So it's an honor to have you with me, buddy. I'm honored to be here, sir. Thank you. So listen, I'm going to get right to the chase and share with our listeners as you've navigated through 2020 and COVID pandemic, what has kept you sane? What has kept you, you know, going, um, et cetera? Oh, that would have to be the word of God. It's when I get into God's word and look at his promises that he promises in his word that he will never leave us nor will he ever forsake us and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper it that has been keeping me going is just holding on to those precious promises that he makes to us through his word you know something I just thought of this you know in the bible the story of those young boys that are thrown into a fiery furnace they did miraculously get you know rescued before they got thrown in but in the furnace God was there with them and we can use that analogy in our lives I mean I know I've talked to you before about um, my brother-in-law father-in-law and my wife all had gotten COVID my wife almost died on us and on top of all the other stresses um, within my family, um, it just compounded everything, right? Mm-hmm. And but when we reflect on that and try to reframe from, you know, it's so easy to, like at work when you're on break, you know, it's, people are sitting around gossiping and running people down, and you know, I, I personally can't stand drama or gossip and all that. But sometimes we can get pulled into that that mindset and we kind of it, it can make our day really sucky, you know? Oh, yeah. So if we're following his promises, are those promises for everybody? I mean, it's like Christmas time when the kids were little, they all got gifts, right? Yep. And I, I've heard a lot of people say, well, as long as I'm a good person, you know, I haven't cheated on my wife. I've always paid my taxes. I've always done the right things. I feel like God is going to let me into his presence and to heaven when I die, whatever time that might be. But is that accurate? Absolutely, is that Absolutely not. The good news of the gospel is this is that Romans chapter 3 puts it out plainly that we are all sinners and that we there's none righteous no not one there's none that does good there is none that seek after the Lord but wait a minute we have not been able to keep God's law not one of us 24 hours a day can keep the whole law. 
Okay. And so, how do we get this resolved? To share in this relationship with God through Jesus, what what must I do? We must repent of our sins, which means turn away from them. We must turn away from our sins. And as Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, this is the best news you are ever going to hear. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. And when God looks at you, God no longer sees sinner because Jesus bore our sins on the cross so that we may become the righteousness of God. Well, let me go back up a little bit. And we talk about repent. Mm-hmm. So when I was a young kid, I used to belong to a Pentecostal church. And they used to have something called altar call, where the end of the, end of the service, you know, people, they'd be saying, if you want to get saved, come up to the front. And I always felt that tugging at my heart, right? Mm-hmm. And... Long so short, at one point I did that. I, I took that walk and I thought that's what saved me. Not knowing what the, the scripture says. However, to repent of your sin, this is what it means, Mitch. And it's in the word of God. So to repent means to think differently. So if I'm a full blown alcoholic and crackhead, and I'm a liar and a thief and an adulterer, all these things. It doesn't mean I have to stop drinking alcohol and stop cheating before I can become saved. It's clear the Bible says we come to him as we are and he changes us from the inside out. Exactly. So if I'm, if I'm trusting in myself, or I use practical Catholicism, if I'm trusting in, you know, worshiping Mary and praying in Mary... And, you know, that's going to get me into heaven by being a good, uh, quote-unquote, religious Catholic is going to get me into paradise. I, at some point in my life, repented, which means I thought differently. I look at the, like, imagine a scale of justice, right? Yep. And I look at all my works, everything I've ever done, and what Jesus did. Now, if I could quit drinking, get off the crack, for an example, not cheat on my wife, no longer become a thief or a robber, whatever the case is, and live a lily white life, how much is enough? How much good things? Because I believe once we put our trust in him and what he did for us on the cross, he will change us on the inside out. We will no longer want to drink to the point of drunkenness. We no longer want to be unfaithful to our wives and steal from people and be dishonest. And by default, we have changed. We repented of those sins remorsefully. Like, you know, when I first got saved, I was remorseful for the life I was living. And it, it brought on I don't know how to describe this, but I felt unworthy. I felt like um, I'd done so many bad things. He, I can never be made right. And that's the biggest life from Satan 
a lot of people think they've done way too many bad things that God can never rescue them. And that's the trick of Satan. Would you agree? Yes, that's one of the biggest lies from Satan in the world. There's nothing that you have ever done that can separate you from the love of God. He is still calling you today. He is still calling you today. He is saying to you, come to me as you are. And you know, Mitch, I'm glad you brought that up. Romans chapter 8, verse 38, 39. Mm. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 13. John chapter 10, 27 to 30 talks about that. Ephesians chapter 1 talks about once we put our trust in him, he indwells us, the Holy Spirit. And it's not like a light switch we turn on and off. He mm-hmm. indwells us. He lives inside of us. But we still have a sinful nature. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to live in and through us. And how easy it is for us when someone calls us a name or somebody wrongs us at work. Maybe you were dealing with some customers that are not so pleasant and we're having a bad day as it is. And it kind of sets us off. And we might not have a very Christian response. And when those types of things happen, at least I can only speak for myself. When those types of things have happened for me, I kind of catch myself. And I, I ask God to forgive me for that. And if it's if it's appropriate and if it's, you know, if it works out, I apologize to that individual, even though they wronged me never expecting an apology in return. Have you experienced those types of things and how have you handled it? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, I know like there are a lot of times to where I share the truth of God's word. I share the truth and love and people still reject it. Now my flesh can say my flesh can get angry. My flesh can get better. But when I start going into that, I say, wait a minute. This is not right. I ask the Lord for forgiveness immediately when I feel like I'm going into that. But then I go back and look at the word and say what the word says, that Jesus said himself that if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And to think spiritually minded of this life, but think carnally minded, which is thinking of in, in the flesh, thinking carnally is death. That's awesome, man. So you alluded to before about the promises of God get through this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we have an election coming up. And I can't, you know, for me, I'm so sick and tired of all these lies upon lies and all these political ads. It's really getting to be too much, really. But what do you think about this whole process? Do you think that whoever becomes president, in fact, whoever, you know, obviously Donald Trump is the president now, that whether we like his personality or not, we should be praying for the man. Exactly. exactly. God tells us. God tells us in Romans chapter 13 that there is no authority given except from God. And 
and I think Second Peter, Paul is writing, and he says to pray for those who are in authority, so that we may lead peaceable lives, because that is prayer that pleases God. Awesome, that's so right. So listen, sir, we need to have you come back. Um, of course. And I know you have a lot more to say, but for the time constraints we have for tonight, we'll definitely have you come back and um, expand on the things you want to share. I would be honored, sir. Thank you so much for your time and for being so patient with me. And I hope you have a wonderful night and a blessed tomorrow. And I'll be in touch. Of course, Joe. Have an amazing weekend, sir. You too. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Howdy, Joe. Mitch, thank you for joining us tonight on Unshackled. Um, Thanks for having me. I've been wanting to get you on for a long time. This is a brand new podcast, and... You're my very first guest, so it's an honor to have you with me, buddy. I'm honored to be here, sir. Thank you. So listen, I'm going to get right to the chase and share with our listeners, as you've navigated through 2020 and COVID pandemic, what has kept you sane? What has kept you, you know, going um, etc. Oh, that would have to be the Word of God. It's when I get into God's Word and look at His promises that He promises in His Word that He will never leave us nor will He ever forsake us and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It That has been keeping me going is just holding on to those precious promises that He makes to us through his word you know something I just thought of this you know in the bible the story of those young boys that are thrown into a fiery furnace they did miraculously get you know rescued before they got thrown in but in the furnace God was there with them and we can use that analogy in our lives I mean I know I've talked to you before about um, my brother-in-law, father-in-law, and my wife all had gotten COVID. My wife almost died on us. And on top of all the other stresses um, within my family, um, it just compounded everything, right? Mm-hmm. And But when we reflect on that and try to reframe from, you know, it's so easy to like at work when you're on break you know people are sitting around gossiping and running people down and you know I personally can't stand drama or gossip and all that but sometimes we can get pulled into that that mindset and we kind of it it can make our day really sucky you know oh yeah so if we're following his promises are those promises for everybody? I mean, it's like Christmas time when the kids were little, they all got gifts, right? Yep. 
And I, I've heard a lot of people say, well, as long as I'm a good person, you know, I haven't cheated on my wife. I've always paid my taxes. I've always done the right thing. I feel like God is going to let me into his presence and to heaven when I die, whatever time that might be. But is that accurate? Absolutely, is that Absolutely not. The good news of the gospel is this, is that Romans chapter 3 puts it out plainly that we are all sinners and that we, there's none righteous, no, not one. There is none that does good. There is none that seek after the Lord. But wait a minute. We have not been able to keep God's law. Not one of us, 24 hours a day, can keep the whole law. Okay. And so, how do we get this resolved? To share in this relationship with God through Jesus. What, what must I do? We must repent of our sins, which means turn away from them. We must turn away from our sins. And as Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, this is the best news you are ever going to hear. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. And when God looks at you, God no longer sees sinner because Jesus bore our sins on the cross so that we may become the righteousness of God. Well, let me go back up a little bit and we talk about repent. Mm-hmm. So when I was a young kid, I used to belong to a Pentecostal church and they used to have something called altar call where the end of the End of the service, you know, people, they'd be saying, if you want to get saved, come up to the front. And I always felt that tugging at my heart, right? Mm-hmm. And long story short, at one point, I did that. I, I took that walk. And I thought that's what saved me. Not knowing what the, the scripture says. However, to repent of your sin, this is what it means, Mitch. And it's in the word of God. So to repent means to think differently. So if I'm a full-blown alcoholic and crackhead and I'm a liar and a thief and an adulterer, all these things, it doesn't mean I have to stop drinking alcohol and stop cheating before I can become saved. It's clear the Bible says we come to him as we are and he changes us from the inside out. Exactly. So if I'm if I'm trusting in myself, or I use practice Catholicism, if I'm trusting in, you know, worshiping Mary and praying in Mary, and, you know, that's going to get me into heaven by being a good, uh, quote-unquote, religious Catholic, it's going to get me into paradise. I, at some point in my life, repented, which means I thought differently. I look at the... Like, imagine a scale of justice, right? Yep. And I look at all my words, everything I've ever done, 
and what Jesus did. Now, if I could quit drinking, get off the crack, for an example, not cheat on my wife, no longer become a thief or a robber, whatever the case is, and live a lily white life, how much is enough? How much good things? Because I believe once we put our trust in him and what he did for us on the cross, he will change us on the inside out. We will no longer want to drink to the point of drunkenness. We're no longer want to be unfaithful to our wives and steal from people and be dishonest. And by default, we have changed. We've repented of those sins remorsefully. Like, you know, when I first got saved, I was remorseful for the life I was living. And it, it brought on I don't know how to describe this, but I felt unworthy. I felt like um, I'd done so many bad things. He, I can never be made right. And that's the biggest life from Satan. A lot of people think they've done way too many bad things that God can never rescue them. And that's the trick of Satan. Would you agree? Yes, that's one of the biggest lies from Satan in the world. There's nothing that you have ever done that can separate you from the love of God. He is still calling you today. He is still calling you today. He is saying to you, come to me as you are. And you know, Mitch, I'm glad you brought that up. Romans chapter 8, verse 38, 39. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 13. John chapter 10, 27 to 30 talks about that. Ephesians chapter 1 talks about once we put our trust in him, he indwells us, the Holy Spirit. And it's not like a light switch we turn on and off. He mm-hmm. indwells us, he lives inside of us, but we still have a sinful nature. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to live in and through us. And how easy it is for us when someone calls us a name or somebody wrongs us at work, maybe you were dealing with some customers that are not so pleasant and we're having a bad day as it is and it kind of sets us off. And we might not have a very Christian response. And when those types of things happen, at least I can only speak for myself. When those types of things have happened for me, I kind of catch myself. And I, I ask God to forgive me for that. And if it's if it's appropriate and if it's, you know, if it works out, I apologize to that individual, even though they wronged me never expecting an apology in return. Have you experienced those types of things and how have you handled it? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, I know like there are a lot of times to where I share the truth of God's word. I share the truth and love and people still reject it. Now my flesh can say my flesh can get angry. My flesh can get better. But when I start going into that, I say, wait a minute. This is not right. I ask the Lord for forgiveness immediately when I feel like I'm going into that. But then I go back and look at the word and say what the word says, that Jesus said himself that if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you and to think spiritually minded of this life but think carnally minded 
which is thinking of in in the flesh, thinking carnally is death. That's awesome, man. So you alluded to before about the promises of God get through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we have an election coming up. And I can't, you know, for me, I'm so sick and tired of all these lies upon lies and all these political ads. It's really getting to be too much, really. But what do you think about this whole process? Do you think that whoever becomes president, in fact, whoever, you know, obviously Donald Trump is the president now, that whether we like his personality or not, we should be praying for the man. Exactly. exactly. God tells us. God tells us in Romans chapter 13 that there is no authority given except from God. And and I think Second Peter, Paul is writing and he says to pray for those who are in authority so that we may lead peaceable lives because that is prayer that pleases God. Awesome. That's so right. So listen, sir, we need to have you come back. Um, of course. And I know you have a lot more to say, but for the time is constraints we have for tonight, we'll definitely have you come back and um, expand on the things you want to share. I would be honored, sir. Thank you so much for your time and for being so patient with me. And I hope you have a wonderful night and a blessed tomorrow. And I'll be in touch. Of course, Joe. Have an amazing weekend, sir. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye.